Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 22 of Revelation chapter 19. And we're going to be reading Revelation 19, beginning in verse 17. It says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all, all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse, and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I'll stop reading there. Now, uh, of course, this is continuing in chapter 19 to describe the day of judgment. And God um, has likened judgment day to a battle, a war. And Christ is going forth with his army to meet the enemy force of Satan, who uh, is called the beast here and his army of the unsaved, the kings of the earth, and their armies. And the picture is the glorious kingdom of heaven with Christ seated upon the white horse, followed with the vast army of the elect, all dressed in white, fine linen, seated upon white horses, going to meet the evil kingdom of Satan, the the enemies of God. And it's this tremendous picture of the greatest of battles taking place on the battlefield. And Jesus is the victor. Jesus is the conqueror, triumphant. He destroys the enemy. And that's what has happened On May 21, 2011, Christ won the battle and the war, and we're continuing, uh, in a sense, throughout the whole period of Judgment Day. It can be uh, viewed as though the battle is continuing until the very last day, when there will be that utter and total destruction of all the enemies of God. All right, let's um, take a, a closer look at verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. The Apostle John is uh, being given 
this vision, this revelation of God. And he sees an angel standing in the sun. The angel proceeds to cry with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. So the angel is speaking with authority and and speaking with power and is commanding the fowls to go forth in order to devour uh, the the dead, to devour uh, the enemies of God. And uh, as is the case in many places in the book of Revelation, the angel is Christ. The angel is the Lord Jesus who is speaking with the full authority of God. And that's why it says that he's standing in the sun. The sun in the Bible represents God himself. Psalm 84. Let's go back there. I oftentimes refer to it without reading it. In Psalm 84, it says in verse 11, For Jehovah God is a sun and shield. Jehovah God is a sun. Christ is God. Christ is likened to the sun. And we know that. He's the light of the world. But here the angel is standing in the sun. He is completely identifying with the sun as the the sun represents God. And the word standing uh, is also translated as abode. In John chapter 8, verse 44, they abode not in, in truth. And it's translated as appointed in Acts 17, verse 31. He has appointed a day. That, that's speaking of the, the appointed day of judgment. It's translated a few times as establish, as in Romans 3, verse 31, establish the law. It's also translated as set a, a few times. It it uh, has to do with that which is placed and established and endures and continues and it has been appointed by God. And here the angel is abiding in the sun, or the angel, the messenger of God, um, is established in the sun, in God himself. And, and so the angel is completely identifying with God, with the Son. And then he cries with a loud voice, which uh, in the Greek is uh, voices phone and and um, uh, loud is a derivative of the word megas, uh, megas phone. We've talked about that before. Megaphone. It, it's a great voice. And and here, of course, that's the voice of God. That's the word of God, the great voice. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. The fowls represent that which feeds upon the dead. And we we have to be careful. When God was judging the churches and the congregations, we read language um, concerning fowls. 
that would feed upon the dead carcass of the corporate church. For instance, in Deuteronomy chapter 28. In Deuteronomy 28, which is that chapter where God lays out the blessings of obedience and the curses that come upon disobedience. And um, and it says a lot about mankind and also the corporate uh, entities or or the uh, corporate bodies like Israel of old and the New Testament church that God uh, is talking about both in Deuteronomy 28, but the blessings of obedience are only about 14, 15 verses. And, and then he goes into a long, detailed discussion of the curses of disobedience because that is the nature of man. And, and that is the history of the corporate bodies that God has established to be outward representations of his kingdom to the inhabitants of the earth. In in the Old Testament, Israel was constantly uh, rebellious and unfaithful. In the New Testament, the church has been constantly rebellious and unfaithful. Well, uh, it says in Deuteronomy 26, And thy carcass shall be meat unto all fowls of the air, and unto the beasts of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. No man shall fray them. Um, we'll talk about that a little later because it comes up again. In another verse we'll look at. Well, let's go to Psalm 79 also. Psalm 79, a psalm of Asaph, starting in verse 1. O God, the heathen are come into thine inheritance... Thy holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. The dead bodies of thy servants have they given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of thy saints unto the beasts of the earth. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem, and there was none to bury them. And here the type is clearly the church, because God is speaking of Jerusalem. He, he mentions his temple and the saints and the, the heathen would be the Gentiles or the forces of Satan, his emissaries that come against the camp of the saints at the time of the end and overcome them, as we read in the book of Revelation. And the fowls feed upon their dead carcasses because they are under the judgment of God and they are spiritually killed. And, and so the fowls then come as basically an evidence that they are dead because the fowls are birds of prey that feed upon corpses, carcasses. They do not feed upon the living. They feed upon the dead. And, and so when you see fa- uh, fowls, flying overhead. It's sort of that image uh, when you're in a, a desolate land and and uh, uh, you see off in the distance vultures circling in the sky, you know there's a dead horse there or there's a dead animal of some kind, maybe even a dead man, because their presence uh, is revealing death. and And that's the point that God wants to emphasize 
with fowls. When we read about fowls, it involves the spiritually dead. And, and it involves the spiritually dead church during God's judgment on the churches and congregations throughout the Great Tribulation, or it involves the spiritually dead world when God uh, transitions the judgment from the church to all the nations. In Jeremiah chapter 7, we read a similar language to the verses we've already read. In Jeremiah 7, this is also describing judgment upon Judah, and therefore... Um, that's a historical parable pointing to the judgment on the New Testament church at the time of the end. It says in Jeremiah 7, beginning in verse 32, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith Jehovah, that it shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter, for they shall bury in Tophet till there be no place. And the carcasses of this people shall be meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and none shall fray them away. Then will I cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. See how God ties all that in. Uh, they're dead, and, and therefore their carcasses are given as meat for the fowls of the heaven. And then we we see that very familiar language. It, it was also in Revelation chapter 18 that the, the voice of mirth and gladness and of the bridegroom and the bride um, is gone. It is removed, it, and, and that has to do with the gospel and, and uh, the removal of God's Spirit regarding salvation, and that's what makes a land spiritually desolate. But notice it also said, when when the carcasses of the people are meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, none shall fray them away. Same thing we read back in Deuteronomy. And why does God say that? Well, it reminds us of what happened in the book of Genesis with Abram, when he received a vision from God, um, and and God uh, instructed him to um, make offerings, and he did in Genesis chapter 15, it says in uh, verse 10, and he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. The birds of prey, they um, could tell there was death. Dead animals were on the ground. And so they came down to land upon the carcass. And Abram was there, present, though, uh, to prevent their feeding upon the animals he had sacrificed and he frayed them away. Maybe he took a um, piece of clothing and, and, and waved it in the air or however he did it, they would fly away and they could not 
feed upon the dead carcass. And, you know, when the New Testament church developed its high places and uh, brought uh, deceitfulness and and falsehood into the churches and congregations, well, it was as though the fowls were descending. Because what does the Bible say about sin? What is God's response to sin in an individual? The wages of sin is death. What is God's response to sin uh, within a corporate body? Uh, because they were bound in a, a works relationship to God. Israel of old was obligated to be faithful to God. The church was obligated to be faithful to God, or God warned, if you're unfaithful, I'll cut you off, and uh, I'll no longer have anything to do with you. But God put up with their unfaithfulness. He endured it. He gave space for them to repent. We read in Revelation 2, which uh, turned out to be for 1955 years of the church age. And throughout that time, when the church would involve itself in its sinful activities, instead of allowing the fowls to feed upon the the spiritual death in the church, God was present in the midst to shoo away, to fray away the vultures, to get them off of the carcass, which was the church, because it was not yet time. It was not the proper time and season and 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 God wanted to give space in order to save all those that he would save of the first fruits and everything works out in its time and and so God continually would fray away the assaults of Satan he he would cause them to flee to leave a particular church alone or a denomination or uh, or whatever over the course of the many centuries until we get to the time when it is the time of the end, it is the proper time and season, and God comes to visit in judgment, and he sees the sin that has been there. There's been no repentance. And now the birds come as they have been coming for centuries, and yet this time God leaves the church, he abandons it, and there is no man now to fray the birds away. So they descend, and before they could pick here and pick there, and they'd be chased away. And and they'd have to quickly land again and, and, and have their attacks uh, on the carcass to be quick until they were frayed away. But now, no one frays them away. And and what will develop? Well, where one or two birds might land, now they're, they're settled in, they're um, feeding on the carcass, eating all they want, and that's a sign to other birds or fowls of the air to descend. It's a feast. It, it's um, like a free meal. Uh, there, there's no danger. We, we can eat all that we can eat. And, and so more and more come and, and the carcass begins to look, 
more and more bare. Uh, there's hardly anything left because more and more birds are feeding upon it and and filling themselves. And that is what happened to the New Testament church from 1988 through the 23-year Great Tribulation period as it began to get worse and worse. At first, if you would go into a church after May 21, 1988, say go in in June of 1988, there would have been still much meat on the carcass. It would have been uh, unbeknownst to anyone that there was maybe any problem at all because the pastor was still teaching truth and so forth. But give it a few years and more time, and Satan and his forces are uh, overcoming more and more churches. The fowls are feeding greatly, and then less and less truth is being found in this church and that church because of the devouring of the carcass. And no man is fraying them away. And that's what God did with the church. And that's what God is now doing with the world. If we go to Ezekiel chapter 39, we read of Gog and Magog in chapters 38 and 39 of Ezekiel. And Revelation chapter 20 tells us that Gog and Magog identifies with Satan and his loosing and his gathering of the Gentiles, the nations, to battle. That is, Satan and the unsaved forces overcome the church. They are the ones in view. In Revelation 19, the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies that are coming to meet the Lord Jesus Christ and his armies of the elect, and and Gog and Magog, uh, are are coming to the battle, um, and it is the battle of Judgment Day, the final judgment of the world, and they are defeated. It says in Ezekiel 39, concerning Gog and Magog, in verse 17, And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Speak unto every feathered fowl, and to every beast of the field, Assemble yourselves and come, Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice, that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. Ye shall eat fat till ye be full and drink blood till ye be drunken. Of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Now, earlier in our study of Revelation 19, we saw how in the Old Testament, God uses the word sacrifice, while in the New Testament, he refers to it as a supper. But they're interchangeable. It's describing the same thing. In verse 20 of Ezekiel 39, it goes on to say, Thus ye shall be filled at my table, with horses and chariots, with mighty men, and with all men of war, saith the Lord Jehovah, and I will set my glory among the heathen, or the nations, and all the heathen nations shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand 
that I have laid upon them. This is the judgment of God, the final judgment of mankind, and again, the fowls are feeding upon the dead, and, and the, the Holy Spirit is gone now out of the world. There, there's no warding off or fraying away the birds of the air. Christ, the angel of God standing in the sun, is the one who has called for them to come. Now feed upon the dead that are everywhere in the world. All the unsaved billions of people are uh, are food for the vultures. They're food for the birds of the air. And again, the fowls illustrate the spiritual condition of the world is death. When God shut the door of heaven and ended his salvation program, when the gospel light was put out all over the earth, it guaranteed the final destruction of mankind. It brought death to all unsaved people, wherever they might be in all the world. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.